So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the Negeb. Now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and, go and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negeb as far as Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, and to the place where he had made an altar at the first, and where and there Abram called the name of the Lord. He's got a lot of shit at this point. From the dowry he got from Pharaoh for selling his wife. Yeah. Is is that where it never talks about like the origin of their wealth, but he didn't. They had nothing going yeah. to Egypt because they were fleeing a famine, right? So right. didn't have anything theoretically. Says, yeah, yeah, right. So they go yeah, into. I, I think that I agree with. Uh, but the uh, dowry. Uh, but but then, if you remember from last chapter, because I am <laughs> cogent enough at this point to remember last chapter, um, they Get went into while Egypt. You can, boys. And uh, <laughs> what was that, Brock? Get it in while you can, because right. yeah, donations um, are flowing. But Lot is rich too. Which, well, uh, we Lot, don't, we don't Lot's know that. wealth we don't necessarily yeah, we know, know that. Yeah, we know that in like two verses. But we're not so. there. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I'm saying is you're making you're making an argument that's gonna fall apart in like a couple well, verses. Well, that's fine. <laughs> but so we're going with Abram with all of with his wife and all that he had, right? Which includes the slaves, which includes the gold and the silver and the cows and the chickens and the llamas. Donkeys of both genders. It's Donkeys of both genders, right. Because there was a big point that we made about that in the last episode about the male and female asses. Mm -hmm. um, and this was all given to him by Pharaoh mm -hmm. as a bride price for his wife who was, because they were posing as brother and sister. Okay, hold on one second. In the NRSV... It does not explicitly state that it was a dowry. I mean, and then I'm not saying that that's a crazy thing for you to say, but is it not also possible that she was just like, hey, Pharaoh, like, can you hook up my brother? He's kind of like downtrodden. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, sure. No, because Pharaoh steals her off the street. Like, that, and it was the realization of everything that Abram and Sarah feared walking in, right? They're sure, like, right, right, we're right, about right. to cross into Egypt, and Egypt. Is full of a bunch of rapey motherfuckers who are we'll kill me in a second. Yeah, will kill you. me to get at you. So if we go in as brother and sister, they may still get at you, but I'll be alive. And it just so happened the rapey motherfucker in this case was the pharaoh. Uh -huh. So he steals her off the street and says, "Hey, your father's not around. So next of kin is your brother, and he's okay. kind of your keeper, right? So in yep. trying to be, you know, the god king that he is and doing things the right way." Because yeah. he still thinks it's this dude's sister, he gives him the bride price, which is the cows and the chickens and the llamas, uh, the male and female asses, all of these things, and the and the boatload of slaves. Because you don't see a pharaoh handing this stuff out willy nilly. Okay, fair enough. I you know I just I wasn't sure if it was specifically a dowry, but it, I mean it sounds like you're pretty confident on that. And I I mean it it it, it doesn't explicitly right. say it's a dowry, but he's it it comes after the bit where he says. Pharaoh took yeah, but took he Sarah. sends he sends them both away at the end, right? So. Because right, he realizes because he's getting all, plagues and, and he's Lot like, oh, is man. also rich. Like, See, that's what right, I wanted dude, to bring up. Like, where does like where does their wealth come from? I don't know. Well, right Lot's now, also rich. It's 
Yeah, right now we supposedly don't know that. <laughs> so, without going too much farther, let's introduce ourselves. Let's do that whole thing and then... Oh, the it. intro. Okay. Uh, I'm Alexander. I'm Diogenes. I'm Brock Stainglass. And you're listening to Atheist Read the Bible. Atheist Read the Bible. Get ready for a spiritual journey as two godless atheists read the Bible from cover to cover. Will they learn to love Jesus? Or will they continue to forfeit their souls to Satan? Find out what happens when the Bible stops being polite and starts getting weird. So to get back to the text, uh-huh. Abram and Sarah and Lot. And Lot, where was Lot with all of last chapter? Yeah, we don't know. He was just kind of somewhere else. I mean, there was a famine, so he probably had to also go either to Egypt or to maybe the Jordan River Valley to escape the famine. Uh, yeah. Somewhere, um, right? He had to handle the famine yeah, as well. Yeah, that's, no, that's interesting, though, because, right, uh, Abram is on this crazy quest because... To seek the grail. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a totally different thing. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite color? <laughs> these are the fun sides abraham is on this crazy journey because god said to abraham you're going to be the father of this great land which doesn't make any sense because number one he wasn't very specific about the land abraham just kind of takes off wandering and number two his wife is barren so how's that gonna work so anyway it just strikes me as you would think that would be a plot point when he's like, hey, nephew, come with me and we're going to do this thing with God or whatever, right? There'd be a convincing process. There'd be at least a conversation. Well, you also forgot about the fact that there's already people living in that land. So it's like two people, walk, two, uh, three people walking into this land on this quest to, to found a nation where between a lot of them, they can't have kids. And there's already a nation of people. Why can't Lot have kids? Well, between Lot, Sarah, and Abram, she's barren. What about Lot's wife? Did they say he has a wife? <laughs> it doesn't say anything about Lot's uh, wife. In the, yeah, in the, it in leaves the, out yeah, some women. Before, but in the chapters before, no, not yeah, yet. Yeah, there's Lot as a wife. It's a thing. Well, we're not there yet. <laughs> but either way... They're going on to to found this nation amongst an area where there's already people living. <laughs> a lot of people. But where? Where are they fi- founding this nation? In Canaan. They went into Canaan. Didn't yeah, they? I was saying Canaan. And that's, then that's... they went to Egypt, and they and there's people there too. These temples. He. No, what I'm saying altars. is he didn't. He's building these altars, but he's not staying in one place. He's just going around to all these different lands building these altars and then he goes to Egypt because of practical matters there's a famine and now he's kicked out of Egypt again right <laughs> so it's like he won't he won't even stay in one place well he's going back to his last save point yeah he's built his altars and he's going to back to the last <laughs> save point yeah Bethel is like a place he knows he's like oh where should I go next right so it kind of human nature would say well you'll go back to somewhere you're familiar with and he's like oh I got that sick altar at Bethel I'm you know, I'm going to go there, at least for now, to figure things out. 
And this is an arid environment, right? Like, what's I he building this thing out of? This made um, also made altar? out of gopher gopher wood. Uh, I mean, bricks are mentioned, right? In the Tower of Babel, that was made with bricks, so we assume maybe yeah. he's doing masonry. Well, that's uh, well in uh, in where is that Mesopotamia? There's uh, there's there's a severe lack of stone. So in like Babylon, everything was just built with mud bricks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, I'm looking at a map of Canaan now, not on Wikipedia, because I've got scholarly sources. Oh, oh. shit. Can no, you name your scholarly sources? It's so Wikipedia. we're not like... Uh, it's Wikipedia. That... I'm oh. just lying to you guys. Damn. I, thought, I was uh, really hoping we'd have something over Tucker. I mean, Post. I can tell you the source they're using. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's Canaan is... is it, it's modern day Israel, right? I, so, how yeah. far away are these places that he's going to? Are these like a couple? Is it like a neighborhood? Or like... No, it's a ways. Uh, I mean, we're assuming Pharaoh is down in either Egypt. what Alexandria, probably. Well, at that point, it was the lower kingdom, right? They were they only moved to the upper kingdom later in the. Uh... Yeah. So, so it could it be, down, be at that point far. when though. Because isn't that like one of the conspicuous details, this absent like witch pharaoh? Well, right. But I'm assuming this <laughs> is like the earliest possible point. Like it's it's not before the second kingdom in Egypt. So Why when they, couldn't when it they be before the second kingdom? Well, it's before. It is absolutely before. It's not after because there's like recorded history and this is before recorded history, right? I mean, this is recorded, so. But this isn't yeah. history. This is. Yeah, but. People they... do study it as history. Yeah, but I mean, you can't say it's it's prehistory because there's writing. Yeah, I'm, well, I gotta go with Alexander here. Also, this this could be uh, you know, coin uh, coinciding with other recorded history. Well, I mean, my point that's is that's what I'm saying is if you wanted to lend some validity to the story, you would say which pharaoh. <laughs> right, right, and they don't say that. Nor is there any kind of record because the Egyptians and the pharaohs kept pretty good records. So there's no record, to my knowledge, and maybe I'm wrong, listeners or readers at home, if you want to uh, enlighten <laughs> us, blackhole at atheistread.com, uh, tell me how I'm wrong. But um, there is no record of uh, Pharaoh kicking out a wife and husband because he was getting plagued. That's not something that they... Maybe they were going to write it down, and then he was embarrassed about it, and he was like, no, 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 strike that shit from the record. I suppose that's valid. Ain't no one need to know that Pharaoh got played. But... <laughs> Ain't no one need to know that Pharaoh got plagued. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. <laughs> um, so just really quick, Bethel is indeed in uh, central Israel, um, and it shows I on the same map for reference. I is indeed to the east of Bethel, both of which are to the west of jericho so mm. uh, and that's coming from the biblestudy.org which take take you know however much weight you want to give to that is up to you i think that's actually where we get the nrsv data chunks every week yeah so their their map and all of this is uh you know to the southwest of jerusalem okay but right. back to the original point long distances yeah he was probably walking a while i mean Years yeah. and years, days and days, months. Like and yeah, months. this could have been like that trek that we just read about could have been a, a you know like a year long trek. 
Now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together, for their possessions were so great that they could not live together. That's a lot of stuff that they had. A couple of menageries. I mean, it's a big country, a big open, arid country. Like, I don't understand why there's not enough space for everybody. Should read the next verse that explains why. Oh, I've, I've stopped prematurely. And there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. At the time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites lived in the land. Uh-huh. Right, so they couldn't, they couldn't peacefully coexist because they had too much livestock. And that's the other weird thing. Not only did they have all this livestock, is they had herders. Yes, these like, guys were and like it's weird it, kings. Right, like it doesn't... Right, but they're nomadic. And it doesn't... Like you would think it would be their family. It would be like their sons or something who are helping them herd. Yeah. And it's like a mom and pop yeah. <laughs> operation, so to speak. But this seems conspicuously big for like, you know... I just like, pictured, like... Are they slaves? Yeah, right. I just pictured, like, this one guy out there with a bunch of sheep, right? But, right. no, it's... Uh, I mean, they did get slaves when they came from... That's true, right. Egypt. That was one of the things. I would say it's probably a mixture of the Egyptian slaves, along with maybe some other people from Egypt who were, like, went willingly. Like, oh, you guys are breaking out on your own. Like, cool, can we can we come along and work as herders? And, you know, I don't see any reason why Abraham would say no. But who are these people? They just got run out of town by Pharaoh for plaguing Pharaoh. Maybe it was people who were going to be in trouble in Egypt for something else. And they mm. were like, oh, man, we're going to go with you. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, like, what social class Abraham and Lot come from. Right, because it doesn't really address that directly. We assume they're uh, fleeing famine. We assume they're not rich, right? Um, it would make sense. But they leave Egypt very rich. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they leave Egypt with all these slaves and things. I'm kind of surprised that Pharaoh let him keep all that stuff after realizing that the... The game was up. You, know? you would think at the very least mm. you would be like, no, I'm keeping the slaves. <laughs> yeah. I was also you really surprised. You keep the male that. asses and the female asses. Yeah. But I'm going to keep the slaves. Mm, yeah. Sweet I'm asses. surprised you let them all walk out. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I just, I don't think we need to stress too much about who these herders are. It makes sense. If, if there's probably also people who are already there, right? Canaanites and parasites. And they were like maybe looking for work, and Abram's like, "Hey, I got these sheep." But so, bam. Yeah, but he's a nomad. It's not like you like, you know what I mean? He's like on a long. I don't know. It seems like he's on a long journey. How many like... of these animals could they have if the land itself could not support both herds? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It must be a. It must be a whole lot of animals. This is like a like two feuding calisars. Like this is a tremendous <laughs> amount of people. It sounds like, right? It seems like between the time they left Egypt and now, the, their population has exploded. I don't know the land requirements for sheep. 
I'm gonna see if the USDA knows. One but it's hectare like they don't, per sheep. They don't have a set home though. They're just like always like it seems like they've always been on the move this whole time, right? He's just got a tent. He lives in a tent. So remind me again, Abram and Lot. How are they related? Uh Abram is Lot's uncle. Interesting. So and, might... and Lot's father died relatively young. Right. So why? <laughs> well, for the bo- wait, wait. How young was it? Was it a real age young? A hundred and fifty-two. I'm just basing this on. Oh right, seventy years. Okay, oh wow. Yeah. So he was young, biblically young. Right. Well, no. I'm just saying it's a plausible age as right. opposed to all the other ones. <laughs> um. So here we have. So it might be that. You know they're they're blaming it on the land, but it's actually interpersonal conflict here, right? Because there was strife between the herders of the of the two camps, which is also interesting because they're like battling for exactly. Well, if you wasn't think... this addressed in Oklahoma? <laughs> I don't know. Uh... Farmers and their cowboys should be friends, but no. I've never seen Oklahoma. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> Who knows? Well, yeah, who were so the parasites? Other people also there. Other native peoples. Or are they like a known people now? Like if we looked it up, is it like... Parasites, a group of people mentioned many times in the Bible having lived in Canaan before the arrival of the Israelites... Uh, oh, evidently the name is related to a Hebrew term meaning rural person. Oh. So, yeah. Um, but today, who knows? They might, I would imagine their descendants could make up the Palestinian people. Um, but isn't all the ethnic groups like that are listed in the Bible... Uh... For the for for with the exception of Egypt, we don't really recognize them. But it seems like most of them were like fifteen feet away from the guy writing it. Like it doesn't mention like Japanese or like I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I want to bring up is it uh, it has so far not mentioned any conflicts with any of these native people, right? That's true. That is true. It to some to. extent, that's God fulfilling his promise to Abraham, right? Dude. Well, God's promise to Abraham was that he would, like, build a nation, not... I don't know. Build an altar? Build Wander one. around building many altars? <laughs> <laughs> He's creating his warp points. So he can warp back... <laughs> In, in terms of video games, it all makes sense. But as like a real nation building project, <laughs> it seems it seems like one of the requirements for a nation is you have to stay in the same spot for like at least 15 minutes, you know, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wandered into a conversation. But it does say like, I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I'm going back to chapter 12. Right. Um, so maybe the idea is that if if Abram goes somewhere, God will kind of protect him from conflict. You know, maybe that's what's happening here. This is why there's no conflict in Israel now, is because God <laughs> protects them. 
(laughs) (laughs) Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me, and between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of Jordan was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar, this was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Spoiler alert! Dun dun dun! Jesus Christ, Moses! Like, what the hell, man? Like, I guess this is—is is this just like really ham-handed foreshadowing? <laughs> I mean, do are—is this making rep? Well, we ha- we don't know anything about these places, right? So, well, we know that they, their names mean what? Burning and what was the other oh, one? Oh, <laughs> that's right, burning and uh, drowning. Or like a deluge. It was yeah. It was like deluge. Oh, submersion. That's what it was. That's what it was. You guys are assuming that this book. You guys are assuming that this was meant to be read in order. I mean, how else would you read it? (laughs) The way your like everyone else reads it besides us. Yeah. By wildly (laughs) jumping around at arbitrary intervals. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You find the verses that are most important to you, like God is love, and you ignore the ones like slaves, obey your masters. <laughs> so, unless what you're Wilhelmina you... and you want to keep your houseboy in line, <laughs> that's not racist. That's me I'm talking about. By the way. <laughs> I was gonna say, aren't you the houseboy? I am the houseboy. I'm. I made dinner tonight. It's waiting for her when she comes home from work. <laughs> and the Lord said, <laughs> "The woman uh, shall rule over yeah. the man." Yeah. <laughs> Bring Wilhelmina, me my man. slippers. Hallelujah. That's, yeah, Wilhelmina's got an interesting take on the Lord. It usually involves her fisting my anus if I do not do what she asks me to do. Whoa. <laughs> That went to a different spot than I thought it would. That is is the punishment that is prescribed for most things. I've yet to experience it because I'm not testing her. Oh, oh, that's that's smart. Does she have small fists? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, (laughs) Wilhelmina is, uh, you know, she's she's Dutch by name, but she is uh, Asian by genetics. And so she has pretty small fists. (laughs) <laughs> well that's uh that's convenient yeah and like she might you know she could drug me I, anyway we're this is all being cut to <laughs> no this is definitely in the episode so this is so we're this is giving away a giant plot point like we have no idea that right the, the lord Spoiler is alert that's what I right said. Yeah, right it's intentional foreshadowing yeah i think there's no question which is the first time we've seen that because before this it's it's been very linear like this happens and this happens and this happens there's no dramatic effect of this is before this other thing well th- i mean this was a ham-handed foreshadowing but you could argue there was foreshadowing in uh 
the last chapter with the Tower of Babel, where, uh, you know, God's like, uh, spread out, fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply. And uh, much like Nebuchadnezzar, the great hunter before the Lord. It's Nimrod. Nimrod. The <laughs> Nimrod, the great hunter. I, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was a real ruler as opposed to Nimrod, who is a biblical figure. And a great album by Green Day. <laughs> so Abraham's also giving Lot the choice of where you want to go, right? Yep, that's key. He's He's being firm, but he's also... You know, saying, I'm going to let you have first dibs. He's, he's playing the good uncle figure, right? But that's strange so because kids. he's the one who's supposed to establish the land and all these people. But again, but it's like wherever he stops, where is this land? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They're just coming in and wrecking up the place. God said I could move in here. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that's your house, but it's mine now because <laughs> God said I can move in here. So this might be a good time to point out that, you know, a lot of people from Western Europe who went out and colonized, say, Western Africa, probably could have used this part of the Bible to justify what they're doing because they, as Christians, would have saw themselves as the new chosen people, and the people who were in West Africa, not being believers. You know, it's sort of like their land is fair game. Well, sure, they're the, the descendants of uh, Canaan, right? Anyone you want to oppress is a Canaanite. Yeah, sure. Because of that whole uh, so, ham thing. <laughs> the whole ham incident. That's right. So is that yeah. why this foreshadowing is ham-handed? Uh, <laughs> you know, the Jews love their puns. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That, that babble pun held up for 2,000 years at least, you know? Maybe maybe there is some more puns in there that still hold up. So, Brock, do you think Abraham was a real person? That's a very good question. I mean, are you asking me in my former life or now? Like, So when I was more of a believer, I would have said yes. Now, not real. I mean, I, I, yeah, now I kind of doubt everything I read in the Bible. So I can see him being an amalgamation of a few people, right, who for the sake of storytelling, you know, people were like, let's just make him one person, which happens a lot, right, in fiction. Uh, happen, you know, like Shakespeare's uh, telling of, you know, the War of the Roses, right? He lumped a bunch of uh, English noblemen into like single characters. So I see no reason why that couldn't have happened. In the bible right so what is it that uh what where is what is your background sure if we uh, i i will quickly just put it i'm a, a a former mainline protestant who's now more of an agnostic so what does that what does that mean the mainline so really quickly mainline i should say mainline denominational those are the two key words denominational means that the word uh, you know, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Methodist is in the name of my church, as opposed to, you know, the McLean Bible Church, right, which lacks one of those denominational monikers. Uh, within the denominational Protestant religions, um, at some point, a lot of them kind of got a little too liberal for some folks, and so they splintered off. In the example in the Presbyterian Church, I was a Presbyterian, 
we have some conservative splinter groups like the Orthodox Presbyterian Church or the less extreme Presbyterian Church in America. But the original, what's called the mainline Presbyterian denomination is Presbyterian USA, PCUSA. Similar things have happened in a lot of those denominations. So that's why you'll hear people say, I'm mainline, you know, denominational Protestant. It really just means, yeah, like I was a Methodist, right? And like my church was, was like kind of chill, you know? So what is, what is uh, a Methodist? Yeah, I don't know really exactly. I, you'd have to ask a Methodist. They're, they're another Protestant, you know, subdivision. I assume they believe in the method. Yeah, yeah. I know John Wellesley. Was Stanislavski one of came up with that. Stanislavski is that the guy? I, I don't the know. Method. Which method? <laughs> I feel like this the is like method. a wacky. Is this like a wackadoo thing? <laughs> no, like method acting. Oh, oh, I'm yes. making a joke. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, my head was not there. But uh, so most of like, if you go to any urban area, most of the downtown churches that you see are going to be mainline Protestant denomination, you know, churches. Uh, typically now they have more progressive, you know, outcomes. But there's some, local, you know, occasionally like blended fabrics, right? Yeah, blended fabrics, a lot of them in particular, you know, um, some of the Methodist and Presbyterian churches, you know, there's there's openly gay members. In some cases, extreme oh, wow. cases, there's gay clergy. Um, a lot of that's decided at the parish to parish level, but what's that's their not... position on angel rape? <laughs> You'd have to ask an individual uh, minister as. As a, I, you know, it's a parish, it's a parish level policy, angel rape. Um, and also, I will quickly mention, though, it's interesting now reading the Bible as a, a like an agnostic and a skeptic. It's very different from when I read it in Sunday school, because at that point, so. I had already been established that it was true before I even really read it. Right. My parents and other people told me at a very young age that the Bible's the word of God. It's true. So then I'm starting to read it with like a, an a priori assumption that it's true. It's a lot different reading it now being like, all right, let's see what the Abrahamic religions have to say about the world. Uh, and looking at it from a detached way, it's very, uh, it feels very different. Um, it's really hard to explain it, but it, I have a theory. I'm not, uh, I wasn't raised really with Christianity so much. Uh, but I have a theory that atheists can understand the Bible on a deeper level because we're not required to believe it. Yep. Right? There's no stakes for us. It's Precisely. no, you know, we're not going to burn in hell if we decide that this this story is kind of wacky, you know. It's not it's not that big of a deal whereas, you know, the people I talk to on Twitter it's a huge deal and it's like uh and they're like oh you know this is the most these are some of the most serious questions people face i'm like no like <laughs> no it's just not like like there's nothing like serious or like relevant even to me about like most of this <laughs> yeah it's relevant uh, in so far as it impacts our real lives, right? In so far as people actually believe it and build models of Noah's Ark and weird things like that. Yeah. In the middle of a yeah. swamp. Yeah. So I'm just saying I've now been in both camps. Um, 
and I can that difference is pretty palpable. Hmm. So which which did you like more? Uh, I is like it this one to a lot. In it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, not at all. <laughs> not, in my opinion, no, not at all. Because when we come to these things that don't make sense or or an inconsistency, we can just be like, well, yep, this is a book written by men, right? Whatever. Right. And you don't, we don't, we don't like lose sleep over that. We're like, yeah, you know, this is a just a book. Whereas when you're a true believer, yeah, like that, like that person who you we were talking on Twitter said, these are fundamental questions. You're like, wow, well, what does God really mean here? Like, shit, I got to figure it out, right? You can't just chalk <laughs> it up and say, well, this is just a book written by men. So like, yeah, sure, of course, there's going to be inconsistencies and things that don't make sense in it. It's just, you know, it's a religious guidebook, maybe at best. Uh, it's a lot less stressful. Right. So you're already, as the as a believer, you're doing a lot of mental gymnastics on a regular yeah, basis to try to understand... I think it's easier for Chris, for people who are born again because they, for somehow, some way, as adults, are convinced that all of this is true, right? Is, and that, so there's, is that what born again means? To some, I mean, like, in the can't you term, be born yeah. in the religion and still be a born again? Like, I'm always, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, always yeah, skeptical yeah. of these people yeah. who are like, oh, I had this crazy conversion uh, yep. experience. Oh, what religion are you, Christian? What religion are you now? What, or what religion are your parents? What religion were you raised, Christian? Okay, so you converted from Christianity to Christianity. Yep. So a, a lot of those folks... <laughs> Which is not that crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um, remember when I was mentioning about like the whole mainline Protestant denomination thing? Yeah. The mainline Protestants are shrinking in part because that's the well from which these people are starting. They were raised mainline Protestant. Oh, they became okay. they became disaffected with it. You know, they thought maybe gee, the church was getting too wishy washy with its Bible interpretation. Maybe none of it's true. Then they became not religious at all, and then they had a a, a moment, something outside the Bible that happened to them that was tangible that let them know, like God tapping them on the shoulder, being like, Psst, the "Bible's actually true. Believe it." And they were boom right. convinced. So I know just, I know many is, people with that now. story, yeah. but I don't. I I've never been able to dig down because it always gets to like a confrontational, argumentative place. I've never been able to dig down into what those transcendent experiences actually are for them. Because there is a lot of material. Yeah, it's. I'm just saying it's so outside my own personal experience yep. that like I I just don't get it. <laughs> um. There are a, a detailed accounts on the internet if you really want to take it. I mean, now you might say, well, that wouldn't convince me or that person was having a psychotic episode, but whatever, right? You can go, <laughs> right? You know, right. Think about it, though. If, yeah. you, if you think someone's talking to you and they're coming out of the ceiling in your bedroom, right? You, right? But here's the thing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think hallucinating once or twice in your life is that crazy of a thing like if you've ever been you know really drunk or really whatever and tired or like you haven't slept for a couple days or there's Another, ghosts whatever, in your house right. like no whatever, but i'm just saying yeah, like weird yeah. hallucinations can happen yeah. and we should accept it as like oh yeah. yeah i had this weird thing with you know i didn't sleep for three days and my air conditioner was talking to me and whatever you know like yep. 
it's not that crazy. It's you're you're yeah. not a psychotic person if you have that experience. Your argument would be that these things that a lot of these 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 born agains are describing as that in that critical moment when everything changed for them, had that happened to you, you would have just shrugged it off and been like, oh man, I need to knock a seltzer. Well, I think it also depends on the religious symbols you're raised with. What I've replied to these uh, Twitterati's. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. I'll follow you until you love me. Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> what I've replied to these Twitterati's is it would be more impressive if you were raised Christian and then you had a mystical experience with Shiva, having never been exposed to Hinduism whatsoever. And then you were like, whoa, Shiva. Oh, he's a real thing. Oh, all these Hindus know about him. Oh, I'm a Hindu now. Yeah, Hinduism. But you don't, you, I mean, that maybe would be that amazing. To someone. <laughs> if, if you are out there, that's someone. If you're one of our readers. Yeah, call us. Call us. Yeah, call us. Leave us an email at blackhole <laughs> at... Uh, atheistsread.com I would imagine there probably are people who were not Christian who were raised in right whatever religion they were raised in perhaps it wasn't even Abrahamic right it was some kind of you know uh, local religion um, outside of Western Europe who may have come to God but you're right they still would have had to have at least had an encounter with maybe a missionary first right and then maybe like a week after that encounter, they had a dream and then they were like, okay, you know, I need to go find that missionary. He's onto something. Right. Um, you don't, that's you probably don't convert happened. to a religion you've never heard of. Yeah. So generally. that's probably happened. I don't, I don't think every born again Christian necessarily started out as a mainline Protestant denominational Christian. I think some of them, some of them are probably people who were not Christian prior to it happening. Well, they uh, love sure the they like, love the drug addicts. Like if you do like heroin for like ten years and then you become a born again Christian, everyone loves that shit. You're like, yep, oh, Jesus saved story. me. My life is great now. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise yep. God. Hallelujah. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, some of those folks maybe weren't initially raised in a Christian home. Sure. Uh, but they but must yeah. have been exposed to Christianity. Right, it's it's not like your Shiva metaphor where it would be, or it's like, yeah, it'd be like if someone who knew nothing about Jesus all of a sudden was like, I had a dream and Jesus is real, then even I would be like, oh shit, man, like I need to repent. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, I would think if random gods were able to kind of have that, give you those flashes of insight, that might convince me. Like sure. warring gods yeah. shooting ideas into people. <laughs> yeah, that would I yeah, that would convince me. Yeah, if you've converted to a religion you never heard of previously, I want to hear about that experience. And how did you go like. from knowing that that is uh like that you you now have to follow this new religion? What was your process from the time that the idea came into your head to the time you were able to discover what that thing was? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, when you're yeah. like, oh, that's that weird. Oh, it's Shiva. Oh, okay. I get it now. Of course, Shiva. <laughs> Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the plain. There's a capital P in plain. And moved his tent as far as Sodom. 
Now the people of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. So Sodom is burning, right? Is that the burning one? I don't waste time looking up the meanings of wicked cities. <laughs> Why would you? Yeah, because that's what sodomy leads to is burning. Yeah, that's right. Is that how you yeah. remember it? <laughs> that your mnemonic device? <laughs> it also depends on the kind of lube you use. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Lot's making poor choices here. He's he's thinking with his head, and he's like, man, you know, the Jordan River Valley is pretty fertile. Uh, but really, what he you know what he should have done first is consulted the Lord. Wait, where where does it say you should have talked to the Lord? I'm saying that. I'm oh. saying, look, Lot, instead of what Lot did was, let me logically think about agriculture. Ah, this logical decision indicates that I should go down to the Jordan River Valley, where it's, like, pretty good to grow stuff. And wrong answer, you should have prayed to God, and he would have warned you not to do that, because, like, that's near Sodom. Right, because of the... It's interesting that there was once a capital city of sodomy, right? <laughs> oh, man, Provincetown has nothing on that shit. <laughs> like, there's got to be a reason for Like, if Sodom was a real place, like, there's all this stuff about the Whore of Babylon. That's not made up. If you went to Babylon, there were some excellent... Uh, what's the word? <laughs> Sex workers? Yes. Um, uh, ladies of your, the evening. Ladies of your, the evening. <laughs> what is your criteria for judging whether or not a sex worker is excellent? They did it. Because, <laughs> like, different folks are into different things, right? I mean, a woman that beats me in the face with a paddle while she's doing me, I might be like, oh, she's the best. And you might be like, ow, no. What the hell? No, I would enjoy that. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> I guess we just answered our own question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's like uh, you know I'm sure there's a wide variety of services. They right, probably the ask you what high. you're into. Yeah. And uh, they probably have you know people who specialize in different things. Like not everyone is into the same kind of stuff. So, but so your overall point is that whether or not you would believe the Bible, we're pretty confident that Sodom was probably an actual place, and like shit was wild there. I'm just saying, I not that it was because its name is Burning, which seems like an unlikely yeah. name for a city. It's like frigid Alaska. <laughs> it seems like it seems like they uh, they just were uncreative with the names of their plot devices. <laughs> they, they were just like, yeah, yeah, this is the burning city. Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> let us, you know, foreshadow it in the most uh, hand-handed way possible. I didn't see that coming. Uh, so I, I, I asked the internet, uh, where is Sodom or is Sodom a real place? Um, and they, uh, according to biblicalarchaeology.org, um, Apparently, it's a fertile area northeast of the Dead Sea, which would, you know, again, that goes with what we just read. Uh, you know, it's near the the river delta of, right. um, you know, of the Jordan River. So, is there a source the verse we just read? I think it almost certainly is. Um, <laughs> How long was it burning that it got the name burning? <laughs> <laughs> a perpetual like, tire fire. Oh, that's that burning place. <laughs> 
We don't go there anymore. It's still on fire. It's like a river in Pittsburgh. It's still burning. It's, it's like been 30 uh, years. It's like Centralia, Pennsylvania. Dude, that place is crazy. Have you been there? No. Oh, it's it, it's nuts. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Raise your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. Is God Fat Tony from the Simpsons? <laughs> yeah, that's a really... Where uh, is this Canaan? What are you doing about getting into this Canaan now? And so forth. <laughs> that's a really horrible stereotype voice, isn't it? It's a cross between Fat Tony and, like, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, it, it is. Exactly. It is exactly that. Exactly, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's God. <laughs> all I, I, yeah, so there's not much. All, all I'm saying, it sounds like God is maybe telling Abram, hey, you know, Lot chose quickly. The rest of this is yours. You know, check it out. Walk around. You know, kick the tires a little bit. You know, go see the bedroom. I, uh, you know, I don't... And he's saying, like, you know, Lot chose that little space, but the rest of the space, north, south, east, west, is yours. He doesn't explicitly say that, but I'm with you, uh, Diogenes. I think, yeah, there's sort of an implication that maybe Abram's got a bigger parcel, right, of land. So I have, I have an alternate version of this story. Okay. Or it's possible... It's possible this story was the inspiration for the one we're reading now. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it in the Bible voice. Stand in the place where you live. Now face north. <laughs> Think about direction. Wonder why you haven't before. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped into my head when I read that passage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> appropriate it's actually pretty um yeah that's I, rem it is indeed yep that's stand uh <laughs> no that's sure i never really until now saw just the, for the our amish readers who might not be familiar with <laughs> rem <laughs> they also did a song called losing my religion which many of you on rumspringa may relate to <laughs> i'm there in the spot Light. Losing <laughs> my direction. Um, I'm a rock it man. This is yeah. like how the Bible got that other thing from Pete Seeger about the seasons. <laughs> the Bible got that thing from Pete. Rise up. Walk through the length and the breadth of the land. I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, where, which... <laughs> where are those oaks? Well, they're, they're in Mamre, ah. which are at Hebron. Oh, Hebron, that makes sense now. And there he built an altar to the Lord, again with the altars. Again with the altar, man. <laughs> Yeah, we need to get our altar building game like 
going. So do the altars symbolize something else? Like what? What's with the it altars? Could be a way of him sort of claiming the land, right? Like if he comes back there and someone's like squatting, he's like, no, 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 this is my land. You can see I built an altar, and that was just accepted. People were like, oh, sorry, didn't see the altar. <laughs> Right. Well, it's right. interesting. It keeps on saying the name of the Lord, which is like a feudal title, which would lend some credence to this idea. But what it's actually covering in the text is the Tetragrammaton, <laughs> which uh, like the word Yahweh. So it's not it doesn't really say the name of the in the name of the Lord. That's it. So this is the Yahwist source that we're in? Uh, I, yeah, I believe it is. Alexander, is the point you're making that it's just, it's an altar to Yahweh instead of, I don't understand, uh, you're just saying that we shouldn't get hung up on the, the word Lord in a feudal sense. Right, because it is actually that... says Yahweh. Right, yeah, okay. that's what I mean to say. Okay, yeah, and that right. it seems like sure. it could be a feudal Lord, but it really shouldn't be. And it's just weird that he's like, I don't know. It's weird that he can't make up his mind about, you know, he can't take a stand like R.E.M. would do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, but it... He's like that guy from Fun. Fucking hipsters, from man, fun? don't stand for anything. Fun? Yeah. What's fun? It's a band. They do that stupid song, What Do I Stand For? They don't stand for anything. Uh -huh. Spoiler alert. So, in terms of authorship... Most of this comes to us from the Yahweh source. That's why it keeps on, that Lord stuff keeps on showing up. But there are two things that were added in by the priestly source, or I guess by the redactor from the priestly source, depending on which theory you subscribe to. Uh, the one, and this, uh, this is from Richard Elliott Friedman's The Bible with Sources Revealed! <laughs> Uh, so this might not match your translation exactly at home, but it's 13 verse 6 comes from the priestly source, which is, and the land did not suffice them to live together because their property was great and they were not able to live together. And then it's uh, the middle of verse 11 through verse, through the middle of verse 12. And they separated each from his brother. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, and Lot lived in the cities of the plain. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, it seems like it seems like a, a callback to the Cain and Abel thing, right? And it's also an indictment of uh, city life. Is oh right yeah because that's where all the sodomites are. <laughs> this is saying we're better off wandering in the plains and settling among the, the the plains as opposed to being around a city. It's encouraging separatism. Um. Certainly, well, I would say we're the hill country. Right? But aren't these like settled people who followed this? Like ultimately. I think that's what they're looking for, but until they settle, they're nomads. Right. Yeah, the there's audience. this whole wandering right. thing that seems to happen the, a lot in the, the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Like, the just stay in is... one place. 
the odd the intended audience was not as nomadic as the subjects of the story so was this a uh callback then to like nostalgia times like how we look back on the 70s we're like wow man that must have been cool they must have been like wow it must have been neat to wander because we're in a village now <laughs> and is this like the beginning of ethno-nationalism like he's saying like you're gonna be the father of like all these nations and these people will all the shemites the uh <laughs> no it's it's hard now because at this point egypt has already existed right as a ethno-national area so that's pre-existing if Sodom wasn't destroyed by God, would you go there, like, just to visit as, like, a tourist? Like, oh, this is the capital of Sodomy. <laughs> and you have, like, a Sodomy-themed restaurant, a uh, Sodomy-themed hotel. <laughs> Wait, like, would Lot go there? Who's he in this? Are you referring to God himself, or would Lot have gone there? No, like you, or, oh, or Diogenes. I mean, if I, was I think the, the, the butt, the butt-related kitsch would be hilarious. Yeah, like I wouldn't travel all the way to Israel to do it. But if I was in Israel and I was right. like, "All right, so I'm going to see Tel Aviv, I'm going to see Jerusalem," maybe this is a business go opportunity. Yeah, it, 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 it's like um, what you call it when you're driving south on 95, uh, south of the border. It's like I'm not going to make a destination of the place, but as long as I'm here. Yeah, yeah, no, Sodom. I think would be yeah. You know, if you're there, it's like, well, you can't miss Sodom while you're here. You know, locals would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, make sure you go. And it'd be great for the economy. You know, they'd raise a lot of month tourist dollars. <laughs> it, would just, it would just be a giant red light district. I think and this is a good business plan. There's, I'm sure people have already, I'm sure there's a lot of, like, debauchery bar, like, bars, strip clubs, gay bars that are already named. Not that being gay is debaucherous, but... I'm sure there are gay bars that have taken the name sodomy. I'm sure there are strip clubs that have taken the name. I mean, I'm sure people have done this. <laughs> like somewhere along the line. It is a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, also, if you don't like sodomy. <laughs> not the bar for you. <laughs> yeah, you're not right. Um, yeah, you're not going to go in there and be like, I was just coming here for a quiet beer. Leave me alone. You know? <laughs> Sorry, honey. You're in sodomy. <laughs> yeah. You're in the wrong place, baby. Those are my least favorite kind of sodomites. Um, the ones who aren't, like, really committed to the process <laughs> of sodomy. Those are... Uh... The just the tip version of sodomites. Because if sodomy, if sodomy really requires, sodomy requires faith. <laughs> it requires commitment. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. There's a there's a case to be made there. Yeah. Uh, so far, my internet search has turned up no bars named sodomy, but I'm still looking. Is safe search on? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> nope, still no. Maybe this is not a thing. Maybe we. Maybe <laughs> it's an untapped market. Um... <laughs> Got to tap that market. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is: Is that association made because of this place, or are we to assume that? No, so yeah, they didn't just lame the city burning in anticipation of bad things happening there. Right. It's like it's it, all because it, of this story. 
Right. It's it's all an illustration there. It's ham-fistedly shoving how, it down our throats. How do the real estate agents deal with this? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, welcome to downtown burning. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Buy a condo today. <laughs> Made out of mud brick. <laughs> Is it impervious to brimstone? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and Sodom evidently is a wicked, corrupt place in general. But uh, yeah, according to Dictionary.com, a lot of these terms started being used in the 1600s, you know, as non-proper nouns, right? Huh. Uh, so, um, yeah, who knows? But that's. Uh, I can see that somebody in the 1600s make you sodomite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So or, it's not established yet that sodomy means sodomy. Right. I think that's right. I think it all is coming from this story. Nothing before that. Yeah. It's between God yeah. and me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's just a name. Just a name for a place. Yeah, are there capital cities of other sex acts? Like I wanna go to reverse cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Can someone play me to reverse cowgirl? You have to watch out for frothy walrus though. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's possible. It could be there's a warning here, though, right? Against urban life, maybe. Right. Um, you know, just because you get to choose something first doesn't mean that you... Or, I, I don't know. I would still say that, yeah, it makes more sense that he's just like, don't just go somewhere because it looks like it's going to, you know, be a good place at first glance, right? Don't, right, right. Yeah. The, the, sure, the Jordan River Valley looks great, but, like, hold on now. Like, have you really done your homework on this place uh, or, you know, or have you prayed about it, whichever you want? Well, good thing he has all of these male and female asses as he goes down into uh, <laughs> He's got a bull. <laughs> He's well, taking there... them with him. There was no Craigslist, so he had to pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Otherwise, you know, it's a lot of this is setting the stage for the exciting stuff to come. So, you know, you guys have fun. You guys have fun with that. Oh, we will. <laughs> Burning in submersion. Tune in next week for an all new episode to find out what happens when Lot gets kidnapped and Abram must go to war to rescue his nephew. All that and more next week on an all-new Atheist Read the Bible. Music by Connected Sounds.